the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs, a local community faith program from 100.7. The Word. Hello and welcome everyone to Crosswalk on 100.7 The Word. It is such a joy to have you all here. I am Pastor Bradley Williamson. I get to pastor locally here in Colorado Springs, a wonderful church called Friendship Assembly, and it is my privilege to be able to share with you today something that's on my heart, straight from God's Word, for a time such as this. You know, sometimes we can look at what's going on in our culture and in our world and wonder what's going to happen next as we see that biblical values and the principles that God puts forward in His Word take a back seat to where society wants to go. We wonder what will happen and what can take place as we move further and further away from what God's heart is demonstrated in His Word. Well, we're going to look today at a few individuals who were in that very spot only to find that God had a plan to work something incredible, something marvelous. He was going to work revival. And I love that word revival. I love how it can stir up our hearts. Sometimes when we hear that word, we think of incredible church services. We think of times where God has done the impossible and moved in ways that we never expected But my friends, revival is not something that is recent or new. Revival has been happening from the beginning of time as God chooses to do something remarkable, to change the direction and to change the course of history. And I don't know where you are today or what you're feeling about how the world is moving, but I would suggest to you that what we need today is revival. And as we look into the scripture, there are some folks that I think can teach us a lot about how this works. So as we jump in, I want to take you to the precious book of Hebrews. In Hebrews chapter 11, in verse 23, we are introduced to an incredible character that God used powerfully to bring about revival for his people in a very difficult time. That man's name is Moses. Let me jump in here and just go ahead and read some of this to you so that you can see what God was up to in this time and see if there's anything in our time now that you can relate to that was happening in his life. In Hebrews eleven twenty three, it says, By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. They were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, 
for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Wow, what an incredible passage that we can reflect on. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the story of Moses, this is around the time where God has brought his people to Egypt and created a safe haven for them in that area. But as they began to be blessed by God and as they began to multiply, there was a change in leadership in Egypt that began to take what was happening in the community of the Israelites and use that for their own benefit. They began to persecute God's people, and they began to make them slaves to the kingdom of Egypt. During this time, the Israelites had to figure out what they were going to do, and in their oppression, they called out to God. As they were praying and as they were calling upon God's name, he heard them. And my friends, today I want you to know that as we cry out to the Lord, he hears us. As we see different things happening that may hurt our heart, and as we see a departure from biblical values and the core of what God's heart has been revealed for in his word for us to follow, we have a resource just like the Israelites did. We can call on the Lord and he will answer. As the Lord answered, he sent them a deliverer, but it wasn't necessarily how the people expected. He sent them Moses, and Moses was hidden because people recognized what God was doing. His parents recognized that God was doing something special. And as they hid the child, the Lord made provision for him to actually grow up under the leadership and kingship of Egypt. He got to see the world from a different perspective. He got to see the world from the persecutors of Egypt. Now, as the time was drawing close for God to bring deliverance and to bring revival, Moses was called upon to make a choice. Was he going to choose to do things God's way, or was he just going to go along with how things had been for him up to that point, which, frankly, was pretty comfortable That kind of brings me to an important area that we need to discuss today. As God wants to bring revival, we have to be willing to give up our comfort. We have to be willing when the time comes around for God to say, I'm moving and I'm doing something. I'm wanting you to be obedient to where I'm leading you. We have to be willing to say, God, that's what I want and I'll follow. Moses was willing to do that. And because of that, he was used as a leader to bring about God's purpose and bring revival to the children of Israel. For those of you who know the story, it came with a little bit of tension, a little bit of friction, as God used Moses to go and tell Pharaoh that God wanted his people set free. Pharaoh rejected and decided to elevate his own will above God's will, and out of that process came ten horrible plagues that were a reminder that God was serious. They were signs and they were wonders to show that God's power was greater than anything that man could choose to do on his own. Through this, Moses, bringing the word of God to the people, to Egypt, Egypt rebelled, Egypt denied, but God's people were encouraged and blessed. 
God's people also had a choice to make in this whole process, like we do, to submit to what God was doing and to go in the direction of his leading. Through this, we see that persecution was something that they had to endure. It was something that they had to face up against, but could never compare with the blessing of God. My friends, I believe that God wants to do something incredible in his church today. And even though it might cost a time of persecution, even though many people might not understand, like Egypt, what God is doing, if we are willing to stay close to his heart and we are willing to stay faithful to his word, we will see his blessing on our lives and we will see his power move in ways that we never thought possible. Today, I wonder what it would look like if in our own world we would start seeing the powerful move of God's hand do incredible things. Would we shy away from it? Would we step back from it? Or would we embrace it saying, we know that God is up to something? Moses was able to be used by God in that powerful way. And my friends, I want that for us so that we can also be used by God to see his revival work and minister in incredible ways, ways that we never thought possible. There is a choice to be made, and that choice is laid before us every single day. God's people were willing to cry out to him. God's people were willing in hard times to pray. And I wonder if we can make the same kind of position in our lives so that when we see hard things, we can say, Lord, I'm going to call on your name. I'm going to cry out to you and pray. Every time God's people pray, he hears. And when he hears, he answers us. And my friends, when he answers us, that's when obedience becomes a decision that we get to make. Are we going to be true to what God wants for us? Or are we going to choose our own way? Let's take a lesson from Moses and find that God's way is the best way. Hey, there's more coming up, and so we can't wait for you to dive into more of this. But I ain't gonna let it win, cause on my best day, I'm a child of God. On my worst day, I'm a child of God. Oh, every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. 100.7, The Word. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs, on 100.7, The Word. Well, hey, everybody. It is so good to have you with us right here on Crosswalk on 100.7 The Word. We're so glad that you're here today. And we have been on the subject of revival. We got to take a little look at Moses and how God used him to bring his people into a revived state and also into the promised land. And now we're going to shift a little bit, and we're going to take a look at another incredible character that God brings to light. This man's name is Nehemiah, okay? Nehemiah, this guy, I love him to death. He has a whole book devoted to his story and how God used him. But what you need to know about Nehemiah is that God used him in a time where it seemed like all hope was lost. As you do your research and study it, what happened to the children of Israel in this time, they had disobeyed God to the extent that his punishment brought them far from their land. 
they were in another state of captivity, like what had happened under Moses, where they were in Egypt and God had to lead them out. Now, they had disobeyed God, and because of that, they ended up under another kingdom. Now, God hears his people once again, as we were discussing, when we cry out to God, he hears us through prayer. And God began to work a miracle for his people to be returned to their land. And he uses a man named Nehemiah. So I'm going to take you to Nehemiah chapter 2, and I'm going to look at a few verses here, and let's see what we can discover about his life that can play into ours when talking about God's plan for revival. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 says, In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when wine was before him, I took up the wine and gave it to the king. Now, I had not been sad in his presence. And the king said to me, Why is your face sad, seeing you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. Then I was very much afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my face be sad when the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? Then the king said to me, What are you requesting? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said to the king, If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. And the king said to me, the queen sitting beside him, how long will you be gone? And when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me when I had given him a time. Wow. Here is an incredible story of God using yet someone else who was willing to be obedient to God's plan. You see, when we cry out to God, he makes a plan, and we then have a choice to obey. Nehemiah heard the state of what was taking place back home where he belonged, and the news was not good. The news was breaking his heart. He wasn't able to hide this, and it actually began to affect him in his workplace. I don't know how many of you out there are taking a look at how our world is shifting and turning and maybe remembering a time where God was moving powerfully and he was changing the scenes and he was doing wonderful things. Now, as we kind of see some chaos and turmoil all around us, we begin to wonder, God, have you forgotten Well, here's the good news, my friend. God has not forgotten. And as many of us are praying for God to do a mighty work, he is in the midst of doing that right now, I believe. But it's going to take men like Nehemiah. It's going to take people who are willing to recognize that, hey, there's a better place for us to be. There is something that God can do like he did in times of old. He can do it again. And he'll be willing to have a heart that can break over the fact that we're not seeing it now. I believe that God moves on the hearts of his people to say, do you remember what it was like when I had moved in times past so that we can recognize how far we get away? Nehemiah is in that position. And as his heart is breaking, he begins to allow the Lord to use some unlikely characters. 
Artaxerxes, a king of a foreign land, to allow Nehemiah to go and to pursue God's call in his life. I want to shift this to us today because as we recognize that God has positioned us like he positioned Nehemiah, are we willing to allow our heart to break over what could be in our land from things that we know or even things that we see in God's word? As we look at the promises that God has and the things that he wants to bring us into, maybe experience from the past can tell us God has so much better for the time that we're living in. Nehemiah's heart was broken, and I wonder if our hearts could be broken over some of the things that we know God can do, but because of where we're at, he's not doing. Nehemiah was willing to allow what God had given him a special position in his life to be a place of obedience. Can I tell you right now that God can use you right where you're at in a place of obedience to bring around his revival? Nehemiah was afraid at first, but then he responded and God used that. We might be afraid to respond at first to what God has us to do. But if we can take this lesson from Nehemiah, I believe we can see some incredible things happen. There's something else about Nehemiah that I love here in this text. I'd submit it to you this way. He valued God's heart over his future. Nehemiah, above all other people at that time, knew that God's heart was for his people, and God's heart was for the land that he had chose for his people. Can I tell you today that God's heart is still for his people? What he's given to us in this precious gift of the gospel and what he has purchased for us through Jesus Christ has made available to every single person the opportunity to have a reunited, restored relationship with God. God's heart is for every single person, even the people sometimes that we don't think have any hope. God knows that they have hope, and his heart is for them. I wonder if, like Nehemiah today, we can value God's heart over our position, God's heart over our future. If that can happen, my friends, I believe that will pave the road to revival. But there's a third thing. When Nehemiah accepts this role, and I didn't have the opportunity to read it, I hope that as I've read some of this passage to you, it's excited you to go and read this story. I'm telling you, if you go back and look in this book, God will bless you, but One of the things, I'm going to give you a little bit of spoiler alert here, as Nehemiah responds, God puts him in a position of leadership. And in that leading, Nehemiah has to make choices to value God's way over the easy way. And this is what I want to kind of segue as we learn a little bit from Nehemiah here. As we are willing to value God's heart and recognize that God has put us in positions where we can make a difference— We also have to be ready when we're obedient to God to be used as servants and leaders. As we choose to serve God, he will put us in positions of leadership where we have to make decisions for his way and his will, oftentimes above what everyone else's expectations are. As you read through, you'll find that Nehemiah gets a little bit of opposition as he goes back and begins to rebuild. There are people who want their own way over God's way, even though God has prepped for his people to be brought back and his provision for them to have good things. They still want to value their own way 
above God's way. Sometimes this can happen in revival as God begins to move powerfully and to restore and change. Sometimes that's enough for people to say, okay, that's good, we're, we're back on track, let me go to what I want to do. But those who are committed to the Lord and put in positions of leadership like Nehemiah have to be willing to stand and say, no, we're going to do this God's way. It's a powerful thing for us to do, my friends. Hey, listen, there's more to talk about and more heroes to investigate as we talk about this. So stay tuned. Can't wait to see you. This is Crosswalk Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Well, hey, welcome back, everybody, to Crosswalk. This is Pastor Bradley Williamson. I'm the lead pastor of Friendship Assembly right here in Colorado Springs. You can find us on North Carefree and Powers. We're right behind J.C. Penney and Caddy Corner to Chick-fil-A. And I got to tell you, I've been having a blast walking through some characters here in Scripture that allow us to have some understanding of how to flow with revival. And revival is such an important thing to understand and to know because it's God's movement bringing about his work that he is always in the process of doing, but in a very fast way. We've taken a look at Moses and how God used Moses to lead his people from a place of desperation and also a place of slavery into freedom. We've looked at Nehemiah where he's taken his people from a place of disobedience and brings them back to their homeland. And now I want to transition and take a look at one of my favorite characters in the Gospels, John the Baptist. John the Baptist was used to really bring about a revival in Jerusalem and the surrounding regions to prepare the people's heart for Jesus. And if there is one character that I can really identify with needing in our time today, it's certainly John the Baptist. Now, throughout the Gospels, we get pictures into what his ministry was like, but I want to take you to Mark chapter 1 because Mark is like the action gospel. What do I mean by that? When we think of action movies that are all about the great things taking place, the exciting things that are happening, that's what Mark is. Mark is like an action movie for the Gospels. And so in chapter 1, we're exposed to this wonderful person that God is bringing on the scenes to restore his people to his heart. I'm going to begin in verse 1 here, and it says, The beginning of the Gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. John appeared baptizing in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed with camel's hair and wore a leather belt around his waist and ate locusts and wild honey. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandal I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with 
the Holy Spirit. As we think about what John's life was like, he was quite the character. He was in a time where people were hungry for the move of God, and like Nehemiah and Moses, were calling out for God to do something. In John's day, the Roman oppression over the children of Israel was strong, and the people of God were wondering, when is Messiah going to come? When is Jesus going to show up on the scene? And of course, they didn't know it was going to be Jesus at that time. They just knew that the prophets had promised a Savior. And my friends, today, as we think of God's many promises that he has for us, maybe we recognize what's going on in our world, and we're longing in the same way for God to bring hope and deliverance and salvation. As we have Jesus and the gospel message, we also know that he has a plan to restore and redeem the world. And as we face off against troubled times, maybe our heart is in a similar position where we're saying, Lord, how long is this going to take? Well, in this time, John was raised up, and John begins to do his work in the hardest places. In fact, the Bible tells us that John was in the wilderness when he was preaching the message of repentance. You see, he didn't go in the comfort zones. He didn't go into the places that most would expect for a message of this kind of grandeur to happen. No, he is out in the wilderness, meaning that people had to come to him. And my friends, today God is still speaking, sometimes in what we consider the wilderness places, the hard places, the rough places, the places where we think the Lord would never work. He is bringing his message of truth and life. John the Baptist was preaching and he was allowing the work of God to happen through hardship. And today, if we want revival, we need to have the same kind of attitude. We need to have an attitude that says, even if it's hard, we're going to allow the Lord to work through this. The message might not come in the easy ways that we would expect. Sometimes God has to bring us to a wilderness so that we can then value his word over everything else. That's exactly what John did, and that's what we need to do as well. Value God's word above our comfort. You know what else I see in this passage? Oh, it's so good. As the Lord uses John, he uses somebody that no one would really put forward as the champion. As we look at how he was dressed and what he ate and how he lived, he was not exactly what you would consider to be the hope for the future. He didn't come with a great suit. He didn't come looking really nice. No, he came with a leather belt. And he came with the camel's hair wrapped around him. This would also herald back to those who recognized him as those who knew the story of Elijah and how Elijah came. But the point is that God used somebody that nobody expected. Could I suggest to you that God might be willing to use you? Somebody that nobody expected to bring about revival. Yes, my friend, it's possible He can use you right where you're at. You don't have to have the perfect look. You don't have to have the perfect background. In fact, when I think of John the Baptist here, Mark is quick to point out that his food was locust and wild honey. I don't know about you, but that's the last thing that sounds appetizing to me and probably would have been, you know, kind of uncomfortable for people who recognize that this is his life. That means that God can use anybody, doesn't it? And my friends, that means that God can use you. 
I want you to be open to everyone that the Lord wants to use, including yourself, to bring about the incredible things of revival. Now, there's two other elements of John that I really want to expose you to here. In the ministry of John, and you find this in the other Gospels, even those who would later be labeled as hypocrites because of their actions towards God's heart in the time of Jesus' ministry, they come out to be baptized by John. And John sees them coming to him, and as he looks at them, he says, who warned you to get away from the coming judgment? Who brought you to this place so that you would repent? You see, those who you would expect to be wanting God's heart showed up when John ministered. But now in John's ministry, even those that he didn't expect were showing up. And this is an important aspect of revival that we need to realize. When God begins to move, he draws everyone to himself. I think of how Jesus said, if you lift me up, I will draw all men. And as all these different folks are showing up, you can imagine that there's a little bit of tension in the crowd because those who are faithful to God's heart and faithful to God's call, when they see those that they never thought uh, would show up to walk down this road of repentance, you can imagine how they were probably speculative and maybe even a little concerned. But I want you to know when God works revival, he'll bring out the people that you never thought he could reach. You might even be speculative of those that God brings to church during revival. But let's take a lesson from John and realize that God can reach everyone and wants to reach everyone. All right, here's the last point that I think we need to know on this. John in everything lifted up Jesus. Think of these last words. He says, I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. My friends, John did something that we all need to do. He recognized that it wasn't about him, but that it was about Jesus. My friends, we need to recognize that it's not about us. It's about Jesus. Hey, there's more to come, and I can't wait to share it with you. So we'll see you on the other side, all right? Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7, The Word. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to Crosswalk. I'm Pastor Bradley Williamson, and I have had a blast going over revival with you. Hey, I get the privilege of leading a wonderful church right here in Colorado Springs. It's called Friendship Assembly, and you can find us on North Carefree and Powers. Hey, do me a favor. If you want to discover more about us, you can go to friendshipassembly.org and see all that God is up to. But hey, as we're talking about all that God is up to, it has really been my privilege to talk about characters that God has used in His Word to bring about revival. And I want to continue looking at one other individual who's a hero of the faith to me, and his name is Peter. Peter was used by Jesus throughout his ministry and then puts Peter in a leadership position to really bring forth what God's plan was for the church. Peter gets to be used as a monumental uh, catalyst in the revival that God brought about to bring forth his church. I want to take you to Acts chapter 2 so I can just give you a glimpse into Peter's startup with God working revival in his life. Acts chapter 2 verse 14 tells us, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them, 
Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Even on my male servants and female servants in those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day. And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Peter is being used by God in many ways that we saw John the Baptist and Nehemiah and even Moses used. He is calling out to God right before this with many other believers in an upper room, and God responds. And God begins to move in a powerful way, so so much so that all the bystanders who are witnessing this are curious about what's happening. But you know, as we talk about revival, sometimes we can get really in the weeds on what it actually is. Sometimes we can have great things happen, and those things aren't necessarily revival. In this particular case, in Acts chapter 2, we're seeing the move of God show up, and the people don't really know what to do with it. They say, oh man, what is going on with all of these folks? And some, to try and comprehend, begin to say, oh, well, they must be drunk, right? They must be filled with new wine. And Peter, being filled with the Holy Spirit, stands up and he says, no, this is not a a commotion. This is not what rebel rousers are doing. This is not the byproduct of wine. My friends, this is the byproduct of God's work. Now, this is what I love about how Peter exposes and expresses what God is really doing. He shows that this is something that God has spoke about in his word. And that brings me to something that we need to use when talking about revival. My friends, God's word should and will always be the standard for revival. Where there were questions about what was going on and the things that were happening, Peter immediately draws them back to God's word. And my friends, even today, as God begins to move, he will always be in line with his word. If there are things that are happening that are outside of God's word, my friends, the reality is that's not revival. Revival is God's work and can always be uh, brought up by his word. It can always be established by his word and defended by his word. Peter begins to tell them, hey, you've already heard about this. The prophet Joel spoke of this day. And my friends, today we can always use the word of God as a reference point for how revival works. The other thing that I love about how Peter flows in this revival is the next thing that he does is he preaches the good news message. Now, again, I didn't give you the whole chapter here. I hope I excited you enough to go back and read it for yourself. But the reality is that the people hear what is going on and they hear the preaching of Peter. And what they say is, what are we going to do about this? How can we respond to this? 
And Peter immediately transitions by bringing them the hope of putting their faith in Jesus. This is so important, my friends, today, especially when we see revival flowing. The gospel must be preached. Revival is for the purpose of elevating God's work, and God's work is always intended to draw us back to his heart, and his heart is for us to be saved. I know that many of us are familiar with that wonderful passage that says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. My friends, the gospel must be front and center whenever God moves in his power, and Peter did that very thing. As we begin to see God doing things in our world, and as we pray and walk in obedience like we've covered in these other individuals, we need to recognize that when God begins to move, we need to always draw it back to the message of Jesus, the message of hope, the gospel, that through faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior for what he did for us on the cross by shouldering our sin— and taking the punishment that we deserved in death, but then on the third day rising again, through faith in that wonderful message, we can be saved. And Peter makes it a point to put that front and center, and so should we. The other thing that I absolutely love about this passage that you will discover is as the individuals hear the gospel that is upheld by the power of God moving, which is revival, that is established in his word, the Bible says that thousands were added to the church. Now, this is not just a one-day occurrence. As you continue reading through this incredible book, what you'll find is that God continually adds to the church through his revival. And as we consider what revival would look like for us today, it's going to have the same effect. It's going to add people to God's church. It's going to add people who are willing to submit to the message of Jesus Christ, and they will be connected to God's loving family, his bride, the church. As we consider how hard that must have been for them to go from a small group of 120 people to thousands overnight, we also know that God was equipping Peter, and he was equipping the other individuals in the church to be ready for this incredible move. And my friends, as we have looked through the elements of what we need to be ready for in revival, I hope that this is ringing true for you as well, because when God moves and brings revival, he will fill his church. As we've been crying out for him to move powerfully, my friends, he will. And when he does, people will come back to his house and they will need the wonderful love and discipleship that comes from following Jesus. And so that leads me to ask the question, are we ready to be those people? Are we ready to be like Peter and John the Baptist and Nehemiah and Moses, obedient to the Lord, holding to the standard of God's word, preaching the gospel, and ready to love those that God is saving? My friends, if we are ready and willing, I believe that God will send revival and he will use us powerfully to be there for those that he draws into the family of God. Maybe the reason that we haven't seen it yet is because he's working on us to be ready. So, my friends, this is my heart for you. Be ready for revival. 
be ready for what God wants done. And by all means, in everything, lift up the name of Jesus. And fear is screaming out your name. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.